When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. And today is a very special episode, well, at least here for us at the Bears Brothers, because this is our 200th episode since starting the podcast back in 2015. You know, it's truly unbelievable. So whether you've been here since day one, you know, this last season, just caught up with us this offseason, or maybe this is your first time watching or listening, I just want to say thank you for 200 great episodes. You know, we seriously would not be here uh, without your support. So here's the 200 more. And I'm your host, Little Wit. I'm joined by my fellow Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Mariano. And Brandon, I know you've been here from the start. I think Nick's, uh, I had a measly like 184 episodes or so. <laughs> I know he's slacking a little bit, but no, seriously, cheers to 200. How are you doing today? Doing well. I'm kind of disappointed I don't get a, a cool lower third, though. Yeah. Not for those, by your fault, but. <laughs> yeah, by those uh, watching on YouTube and you're wondering uh, who are these men talking, uh, that's Brandon right there. Nick's <laughs> coming up. Uh, for some reason, uh, Google's not playing nice with our Hangouts. Well, besides mine, so you see this nifty little 200th episode graphic. But uh, again, technical issues that are a little bit out of our hands. But uh, Nick, I want to know how your how's your day been. And I want to thank both of you guys for stepping in while I wasn't feeling well last week. Yeah, not a problem, Will, but uh, it's been a pretty good day. It was pretty laid back. Uh, the kids just got done with their finals at the high school I work at, so I didn't really do much today. I was preparing for this show, but I, it was in my 184th. Why couldn't it just be 185? You know, that would have been just a great way to, great way to get to 200, almost there, but it's all right. Yeah, 184. You're just so much further back than 185. <laughs> but uh, all right. So today we're going to be going through and analyzing the current state of the Bears offense. We're going to be comparing it to other teams within the division, uh, discuss some lessons that Chicago can take some from some playoff teams. And we're going to bring back one of our favorite offseason games. It's called Pass or Play. If you haven't uh, been here before or last offseason, uh, you'll find out here soon enough. And we're also going to answer some fan questions to end the show. And before we dive into our first segment, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our goal by the start of next season is to have 3,000 subscribers, and we're currently knocking at the door of 2K. So subscribing is absolutely the best way to keep with us, uh, keep up with us all off season long. So if you haven't done so, uh, I please encourage you to do so. 
All right, guys, I'm excited, and I wanted to just go ahead and begin, and let's go ahead and go through the Bears' offense uh, position by position or just kind of like highlighting uh, where we believe this Bears' offense stands. And, Brandon, I'm going to go and take the snap, hand it off to you, and looking at Chicago's offense, a unit they finished a regular season at 30th in yards, 29th in scoring. That's pretty awful, uh, but that said, yes. can you confidently maybe identify a single position as a strong point of the offense? No, absolutely. The running back position just hands down the the whole offense ran through it. It was like, like we said throughout the season, it was just almost too predictable. Uh, I think that's arguably one of the best positions on the team. But unfortunately, uh, at the time, we had an offense corner that just wasn't able to to scheme correctly. So I think this is the, one of the strongest positions for the Bears, actually, is running back. Uh, just need to be utilized a little better. How about you, Nick? Do you have maybe a differing strong point on this offense? You know, potentially it can definitely be the quarterback position with Mitch Trubisky in a new offense that caters to his strengths. So I think with Matt Nagy now coming and being the, the head coach, bringing his new system, that West Coast spread RPO type stuff, that, that plays right into Mitch Trubisky's hands, what he ran in North Carolina for the one year he was a starter. So definitely you expect Trubisky to make that jump from year one to year two, and that could definitely be a strength for the Bears moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And I think those two are probably the Bears' only two true strengths on offense. I think there's still work to be done at the remaining positions. Um, so this is going to be a good segue uh, to our personal hierarchy of needs. And I think obviously the first one that we don't need to go into like a really a large discussion is wide receiver. It was obviously the biggest pain point uh, for the Bears last season. Uh, just too many people went down, Cameron Meredith, Kevin White, and then not many people stepping up, not really too many receivers with the talent needed uh, to have a competent offense in the NFL. Do you guys agree that wide receiver is number one, the biggest area of concern heading into this offseason? Yes and no. Uh, I have offensive line because I don't think you can have enough there. Uh, personally, if you can upgrade a guy, go ahead and do it. And I think there's a good chance to do it in the draft or maybe even in free agency as well. I have wide receiver second, though, because. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. It is the weakest, but I don't. Like, think we need a team full of wide receivers and guys who can make plays, but we see teams like the Patriots who year in and year out are able to do what they do with not so big a name guys with the wide receiver positions. That's what, just why I have wide receiver second. All right. So, Nick, uh, flip a coin, wide receiver, offensive line, or maybe someone else. What's your number one need? No, I think it's got to be wide receiver because we're going to it, that roster that we have currently right now, the guys, there's gonna, probably not going to be a lot of guys returning and we're going to have to get some new free agents in here. Uh, we're going to have to draft a wide receiver. So there's going to be a lot of new faces in that wide receiver room. And there was just not a lot of production out of it. I think the Bears ranked at dead last in receiving receiving yards. And, you know, that plays a big part into the guys that are playing the position. So I would definitely have to go with wide receivers, our weakest position on offense. Yeah, when you have the human question mark, otherwise otherwise known as Kevin White, uh, Cameron Meredith, he's coming off an ACL that we don't know if he's going to be the same kind of impact player that he once was. I mean, everyone's hoping so, but again, he can't really bank on it. Uh, but, you know, we saw some good things. We did see promising-ish stuff from maybe Kendall Wright, maybe Dontrell Inman. But again, those are still very iffy things that, uh, especially with the new system coming into place, 
It'll be interesting to see where they kind of go off. And for me, my second one is offensive line, but more specifically, I have offensive guard because, you know, Josh Sitton, Kyle Long, they're not getting any younger. Both have had their fair shares of uh, injury concerns. And it's funny because last year I was looking at my notes preparing for this one, and we had uh, the exterior offensive line as the weakness and the interior being the strong point. And now it's kind of flip-flopped a little bit, which is, you know, really interesting because it just shows how much can change in one year. So I think for the Bears, finding some interior offensive linemen who can either start or be a highly skilled backup is going to go a long way for this Bears team. We need a plan in place to kind of keep Cody White here at center if another injury happens. Uh, we saw the shuffling. It's not ideal, especially for a young quarterback such as Trubisky. He needs all the continuity he can get. So for me, offensive guard, interior offensive lineman is going to be a big need for me this offseason season for Chicago. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you. I know you spoke about wider receiver offensive guard anything else you want to mention i know you pretty much took my reason for offensive lineman one and we already talked about wide receiver so we can go ahead and keep moving you don't have any other positions in need right now not at one and two i have three four and five if you want me to well, list go off three, four, five. Oh, okay well i didn't know if we were just going in order one two three four five okay so three i have quarterback because i think trubisky is really the only safe one at the position on the team and then tight end after that and then running backs like i said running backs the strongest but i have tight end fourth uh because we don't really know I mean, they had to save Zach Miller's leg at one point, so I don't know how ready he's going to be to play football. Deion Sims, I think, is definitely a serviceable guy, a serviceable guy as I'm sure uh, Nick agrees with me there. Uh, so really, those uh, last few are, are the strongest points, uh, but can still be upgraded at certain certain aspects if the time is right. All right. Nick, how about you? Looking at maybe three and four, where do you kind of line up here in terms of need for the Bears offense? You know, I'm going to go with tight end is three. I think that obviously we have Adam Shaheen, but Deion Sims, I don't even know if he's going to be here next year. He didn't do much for us since one year that he played with the Bears. And then you have, like we said with Zach Miller, he was good when he was in there, and obviously the injury happens, and hopefully he's still recovering from that, but I don't think he's going to play football anymore, so you got to look to replace him. You have Daniel Brown, a young guy, but we've been saying that for, what, maybe two years now, and Obviously, in that last year's offense, not a lot of guys had a lot of production. So maybe we could see some more out of him with Nagy's offense that really caters to the tight end. We saw Travis Kelsey was able to do there uh, this this season. So I think if you add another guy there just to back up Shaheen, because, again, he was injured at the back half of the season a little bit. So you need to have someone who's ready to go just in case he, he is not able to go. And he's only a second. He's going to be a second year player. So you want to have maybe a veteran at that position to maybe come in who's familiar with this type of offense. We'll get into that later in the show, but I would go with tight end. You want to add another quarterback, um, obviously, uh, because you have Mark Sanchez. Mike Glenn's obviously going to be gone. You would think he's going to be gone. Yeah, you would hope so. But Mark's, <laughs> well, I hope play. not. We'll debate on that one. Yeah, seriously. But Mark Sanchez, he's a, he's a good guy to have there in the quarterback room. He obviously has a good chemistry with Trubisky. So you have to bring in another guy who knows this kind of offensive, but another veteran, I think would be a good thing to have uh, for Trubisky moving forward. Yeah, I'm actually 100% in agreement with you there, Nick, in terms of three and four being tight end, backup quarterback. You know, Sanchez, he's more of a approach player's coach where he's not a quarterback where you want seeing the field. Mike Glennon, he's going to be making way too much money to have him back as a backup quarterback. Uh, Brandon says we're going to debate about that later. Oh, so I thought he was talking about Sanchez. No, Glennon. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Glennon's gone. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> you had me really concerned and I was about oh, no, to I was call. I thought he was talking about Sanchez and I was really pumped to have a debate there, but I guess we're gonna be on the same page. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sanchez No, Glenn is gone. Yeah, okay, good, good. And you know, tight end, Nick, you hit it all right. You know, Zach Miller, and eh, we don't know exactly what his future is gonna hold. Really can't uh really put much you know, wait in his, his return, because honestly, that's very much in doubt. Uh, DM Stims, 
you know, disappointment. Uh, but you talked about Daniel Brown. I had a question for you guys there because last night I was kind of thinking about all the pieces we have in this Bears roster. And we just had a great article about Travis Kelsey versus Adam Shaheen on our blog. And it had me thinking, is maybe a better comparison a little bit? Daniel Brown, someone who did play wide receiver in college. And I'm wondering if we can find a Shaheen, I mean a Shaheen, a Travis Kelsey-esque role for a guy like Daniel Brown, where in his limited action that we've seen over these two years, he's been a viable option-ish. I mean, again, it's he's played for like four different quarterbacks. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. He's played with Dal Loggins, but... He doesn't need to be a guy to go out there and get like 30, 40 catches a year. I'm fine with him making 20 catches and 10 of them going for a first down. That's enough to make an impact. Do you guys think Brown can be that guy? Because I'm starting to believe so. I am. I, I was thinking about that earlier too. Well, great minds think alike, but he's one of those pass catching tight ends and has that wide receiver history. And again, like I said, Nagy's offense really caters to the strength of your tight ends. And they it's not even that they run very uh, complex routes. They're just open. And that's just the system itself getting people open. That RPO, defenders have to wait a little bit to see the, the holes open up in the defense, and then they make a move. And so a guy like Daniel Brown, who knows how to get over, who's played receiver, could definitely take advantage of the type of offense he's about to play in. So I think Daniel Brown is definitely a viable option You know, for Shaheen. It's a two-way tight end kind of duo. Maybe they bring another guy in, but I definitely think so. Yeah, um, oh, I was kind of thinking about how I wanted to say this. Um, I don't think that I've seen enough of him to say. I mean, I'd be okay with him if he's willing to step into that role and be that other guy, but 13 receptions isn't quite enough for me to know if he's going to be, quote-unquote, that guy or not to be able to step up. I'd rather see Shaheen do it first rather than Daniel Brown. I think Shaheen's a little more capable of it. He's a bigger target for Trubisky. He's still got a little work to do himself, but, I mean, we've had Daniel Brown for a couple years, and he just hasn't really shown that he can expand his role a little bit, or any, I guess. So yeah. I'd be... Be interested to see if he can do it. He, I think, definitely has the skill set. I just don't know that he's necessarily ready for it. Sure. I mean, for me, uh, 13 catches is right. But I said, I just want him to get to like 20. I want him to be that third tight end, someone to come out there, uh, make a little bit of an impact, make some first downs when everyone's anticipating uh, the future Bears number one receiver or maybe Shaheen or Tariq Cohen come out of the backfield. Someone that defenses is really paying attention to. And then that way, you know, he can make a play. Hopefully that's Brown. Again, I think we're all in agreement that we do need another tight end. But guys, that's all I really have in my personal hierarchy of needs, you know, uh, wide receiver, offensive line, tight end, backup quarterback. Any final thoughts here before we move on? No, I think we hit on it. I think that's a hierarchy that it could. I mean, Brandon, you said otherwise with offensive line and tight end, correct? But I mean, um, that seems about right. Yeah. All right. So coming up in our next segment, we're going to compare the Bears offense to the other teams of the division, kind of finding it where they kind of stand in all this. Because, of course, if you're not competitive within your own division, then, well, you may as well kiss playoff chances goodbye. We know that we've been on the bottom of the NFC North for how many years in a row? I don't even want to count. It's too many uh, to even fathom right now. But we'll be doing that in a minute. But first, I need to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. So whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And as you know, all three of the Bears Brothers have the Seeky gaps on our phone, and it's by far the easiest way that we can easily shop for tickets. We can be anywhere, pull out our phones, and within a few taps, instantly find some seats. I'm um, actually just use Seeky to uh, look at some tickets coming 
coming up for a few concerts over the summer because I like to go in uh, to see some shows uh, during those nice warm summer months. Um, also, Chicago Bulls tickets, White Sox, Cubs coming up. There's even if you don't live in the Chicago area, SeatGeek has what you're looking for. So definitely check it out if you haven't before, because SeatGeek, they're designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on the value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that our listeners, they get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, well, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, and we are moving along right with our State of the Franchise, our offensive-focused show today, and we are moving on to discuss the NFC North and where the Bears' offense stands position by position to the other rivals uh, within, like I said, the North. So let's go ahead and start with quarterback, and I'm intrigued. This time last year, I had the Bears at the very bottom um, in terms of the quarterback situation. And I want to know, I think we all agreed, actually. Has that changed, or are the Bears still technically at the bottom? And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. You know, I had a question mark for third and fourth, only because the Vikings, all their quarterbacks are going to be free agents next season. So you have no idea which one of those guys are actually going to play for the Vikings next season. And obviously, Case Keenum had a great season. But if I had to go with it and just Nagy's offense with Trubisky, I think there's just going to be a big jump there. So I'm going to put the Bears at three, actually the Vikings at four, Lions second, Packers first. Okay. I mean, I get what you're saying there. For me, uh, you know, obviously Trubisky, he's not the level of Rodgers, uh, Stafford, Keenum. We'll see exactly what they do. I have a hunch they franchise tag him, but we'll find out. I mean, they have so many options they can do with quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. Um, but I think actually in terms of long-term potential at the position, I think the Bears are actually at the top there with Trubisky. I mean, you know, again, I mentioned that the Bears were worse last year. We're in a much better spot with Trubisky now. And honestly, you know, with uh, Nagy and Trubisky, the sky's the limit. And I obviously those two need to earn their way up the NFC North ladder. But in terms of long-term potential, the the projected kind of outcome here, I think the Bears are in a really good spot uh, for years to come at the quarterback position, especially comparing to the other teams in the division. But how about you, B? Where do the Bears stand at quarterback? Yeah, long-term, I agree. I think the Bears are in front. But current state in 2018, I have the Packers because... Well, obviously, uh, I have Detroit next and then you could either flip flop between the Bears and the Vikings. I think they're definitely going to bring back one of the three guys that they have available. Uh, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think the combination of them are going to be better than Trubisky for 2018. Still possibly a lot of it was scheme things. Pat Shermer is not going to be there, so it's really hard to know. Uh, but you could flip flop Minnesota and Chicago there in those last two spots. All right, and let's move on to running back. And Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you. Uh, where do the Bears stand? I have them first. I think Jordan Howard is a very under-the-radar running back just throughout the league. He had another year of 1,000-plus rushing yards. Treat Cohen, also a guy that defenses have to respect, so I think there's a lot of talent there. And then I have the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Murray. They're all very good backs. They ran in volume. It was a very good part of their playoff run. And then I have the Packers and Lions because – the Lions haven't had a running game since I think Joey Harrington was a quarterback. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Barry Sanders is probably, uh, you know, agreeing with you. Maybe he goes back to yeah. his day a little bit. But uh, <laughs> Nick, how about you running back? Uh, I'm interested. Are we first for, for you or maybe not so much? You know, I was debating between the Bears and Vikings, but I put the Bears on top because I still think Howard and Cohen are a better duo, even though they didn't have the, the yardage that McKinnon and Murray had this season. I think they will be better. And Shermer, like we said, is not going to be there next season. So I'm going to put the Bears at first, 
Vikings second. Packers finished 17th in rushing, and they don't really have a true running back. So we'll see how that looks even in 2018 and further on. And then the Lions were ranked dead last in rushing, and they're going to probably remain there because they like to pass a lot. Yep, that's what they like to do up there in Detroit. I'm not going to really beat a dead horse here, guys. I have the Bears first, Vikings second. For all the reasons you guys mentioned, I'm just going to go ahead and go to wide receiver, and I'm going to say that the Bears are dead last. I don't think we need to compare this. I think we all know this, but if you guys want to make a point because you think it's needed, feel free. No. I, no Bellamy talent. was – I did like the top three receivers for each team. Bellamy's in it for us. It's just receivers. <laughs> receivers. So oh, that's how awful. you know it's god-awful. And they are definitely last. All right. We'll move on to tight end then. And I have the Bears third uh, for tight end in the NFC North, uh, right above the Packers. I think the Lions, they have two good ones. You know, Eric Ebron, Darren Fells, the Vikings. You have Kyle Rudolph. No surprise there. Uh, the Bears have a little bit of work to do in terms of finding uh, some other guys, at least one more, at least, in my opinion, here to kind of make it a little bit more worthwhile. But for me, I think third's a reasonable spot to put the Bears in terms of tight end. How about you, B? Yeah, I had him third as well, but I think they could easily jump up to second if uh, the running back or running back, the tight end coach that they brought in, Gilbride, can uh, develop Deion Sims a little bit to be more of a receiving tight end. I think that would bump them up above the Lions, uh, but that's still got to be seen. And Nick? I had the exact same thing, third in the NFC North. Nice. Look at us. We're all on the same page. No surprise there. All right. Offensive line. Uh, I think this one's a hard one with all the injuries up front to pretty much every team when you look at the entire division. So I'm interested to see where you guys kind of had the Bears pegged here. And Brandon, you're Mr. Trenches, so I'm going to go ahead and let you begin. Um, I actually have them first. I don't know if that's a surprise or not, uh, but I think they're just so experienced and very reliable up front until the end of the year when the injuries really started to deplete uh, this line. Uh, but when you looked at the core guys that started the year, uh, Charles Leno, Josh Sitton, Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long, and Bobby Massey. I think those are all very, very good guys on the offensive line that played this year. And I think some of them may be on their way out if we draft a couple guys, uh, like I will answer in the fan questions. Um, I think some of those guys are serviceable, but I thought it was a very good offensive line uh, that the Bears had. They allowed, I mean, Trubisky to have, I think, at one point, a top 10 amount of time to throw with like 2.7 or 2.8 seconds, something like that. And then I have the Vikings after that, then the Lions, and then the Packers. All right, Nick, how about you? I actually have the Vikings first, just because what they did from 2016 to 2017. In 2016, they were one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Then you fast forward it a year, and they come back. They're, they're ranked 25th in the NFL, only allowing 27 sacks. They finished 7th in rushing yards, 11th in passing, 10th in points. And they had 12 different players play in the offensive line in 2016. So to get the free agents that they did this year, they did a really good job of revamping that offensive line to put them in first, but I have the Vikings first bears second. They were ranked 15th in the NFL, only giving up 35 sacks uh, about halfway there. And then I have the lions and Packers Packers gave up 51 sacks this year, fifth, Whew. fifth most in the NFL. So, and that again, Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. They had a lot of injuries, but that, that offensive line is going to have a lot of work to be done, especially in this draft. Maybe a right tackle is going to be their first thing that they go for in this upcoming draft, but the Packers, they have a banged up offensive line. Yeah, they do. And the Lions, they weren't good either. Uh, so nope. I, I put the Bears, I, I have them, like when they're healthy, I have them on top. But the problem is they're not usually healthy up there, especially with Kyle Long, Josh Sitton. So for me, uh, they bumped down to number two. You know, anytime that you have Hironis Grasso out there starting, things aren't going to go your way and you're not going to be the top offensive line in your division. But no, overall, if the Bears can, you know, pick up a few more pieces, a little bit more depth up front, I think the Bears can definitely reclaim that top spot here in terms of offenses in the NFC North, at least offensive lines. Offense would be nice too, but uh, we have some work there to be done. But guys, 
Any final thoughts in terms of how the Bears, maybe offense as a whole, kind of compares to the division? Do you think there's a chance they can become like maybe the second best? I think that's a reasonable assessment. A second best offense uh, by the time 2018 rolls around. I know it's, it's it might sound like a stretch, but I don't want to say they can become the best offense. But I think if we can kind of aim for a second. Right now we've been pretty much last, so bumping up two spots. Is that possible, you guys? Nick, I want to know your thoughts. Man, that's tough. With Aaron Rodgers coming back, you think they might be number one with what they got there. The Vikings still have two stud receivers on the outside. Those running backs, they're going to be good. Lions, I'm, Matthew Stafford throws for 4,000 yards a season. We don't know what Trubisky's going to do in this office. We expect great things, but I wouldn't say number two. Okay. I mean, again, it's probably too early to tell. We don't even have a clue who's going to be playing offense for the Bears yet. So there's a lot of missing pieces to the puzzle, as they say. But uh, Brandon, any other final thoughts on the Bears offense looking at the rest of the division? Uh, I think moving up to two is kind of a stretch as well. Uh, I think there's going to be some kinks early in the season that they're going to have to figure out. uh, And that's going to kind of hinder them from making that leap to number two. But they're definitely on the path to be there. All right, I can I can live with being on the path, but if we uh, <laughs> if we if we take a left when we're supposed to go right, then I guess we're going to be in trouble. But uh, all right, let's move on. Let's, it's finally time for one of my favorite games of the entire year and off season. It's called pass or play, and this is when we kind of go through the players whose contracts are expiring uh, that we feel like borderline of coming back next year, even though I pretty much have everybody listed. And uh, we're going to kind of go around the horn and decide if we're going to play them next season in terms of bringing them back to training camp or pass as in just letting him walk, find a new team, find another job. Uh, so let's go ahead and begin. And the first one, I have Dontrell Inman. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you first, pass or play. I am playing Dontrell Inman because he made an impact right away, right? When he got here from uh, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego. Uh, again. Again, <laughs> but it's Los Angeles. Uh, but he, he made an impact right away. And then once the team figured out that he was number one, he was pretty much locked down. And there were some weird personnel things. I think some continuity at wide receiver with Trubisky moving forward is going to going to play a very big role, uh, especially because, I mean, there's some free agents out there that we could bring in uh, trying to trying to keep some consistency with a guy that we know can make plays. Uh, I'm going to play him for right now. All right. How about you, Nick? I'm actually going to pass on Don Trellman. So in his first game, it was against Green Bay. He had six receptions, 88 yards. And then in his last game versus Minnesota, he had five receptions, 94 yards. Those are his most productive games that he had as a bear. The other six games that he played, he had 12 receptions, 152 yards, one touchdown. In those two games alone that he played, he had 11 receptions to 82 yards. So he really, he's only productive the very first game and the very last game. And I just think there's another guy on this list who I think the Bears will take. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of turnover at the wide receiver position. I only think that they keep one of the free agents that they signed this season. So Dontrell Inman, I'm going to pass on for now. Would you say, though, that that's not entirely his fault? It, it definitely is. It's very hard to grade these. Yeah, this offense was awful for everybody. And tight ends because they're just the personnel decisions were just really funky throughout the year. So I've got a hard time really deciding. But I think the continuity plays a big role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Dow Loggins and that offense—they couldn't even get Adam Shaheen on the field. Who's you know he did good things when he was on there. So just based off of that, I'm going to pass him for now, though. Okay, I have him playing um, a little bit more. Brandon was saying, uh, again, I understand that the struggles are weird, but I think it is more the personnel. Uh, people knew he was our pretty much our only threat out there at the receiver position. And I'm curious to see what he can do and maybe a role that where there's other talented guys around him. He did average 14.5 uh, yards per catch, 
23 catches on the, uh, those little short stint he did have here in Chicago. Uh, but yeah, I want to see what he can do with more talent. And I'm not saying he needs to make it all the way through training camp onto the day one roster come September. But I think he's someone worthy of going through OTAs, uh, starting going down to Bourbon A, kind of see how things play out. But uh, so we have two plays and a pass for Dontrell Inman. And moving on to uh, the backup quarterback with the backup backup quarterback, we have Mark Sanchez. And I think we all said earlier that we all want him back. So I'm going to just say play for the reasons in terms of mentoring Trubisky, and those two have a bond, which I don't think we want to disrupt anytime soon. Uh, what do you guys want to bring up here? Brandon, I'll go to you first. Pass your play. Uh, I'm playing him. I mean, the Bears brought back Ragone, the quarterback coach, so he might as well bring back another mentor to keep the familiarity, like I said, with Don Trillman. Play him. Continuity. I love it. All right, Nick, how about you? Pass your play. You're definitely playing Mark Sanchez. He has a good chemistry Trubisky's going to need that going into year two. Just a guy, to, good guy to have around the locker room. I think that's what Sanchez brings to his team. Exactly. Can't have too many good guys in that locker room. So I, I definitely am down for that as well. And again, it's weird to say, yeah, we're going to play Mark Sanchez. We don't mean play. We don't mean him going on the field, but just hearing that just kind of makes me cringe just a little bit thinking about that <laughs> fact, but no, no offense to you, Mark. Uh, you keep mentoring uh true up there, but uh, moving on to the third one, I have Kendall Wright and Nick, I'm going to let you go in first. Cause I think you alluded to this a minute ago. Yeah. So this is the receiver that I'm going to play and up to the bye week he only had 22 receptions, 259 yards and a touchdown. But after that bye week, that's where Kendall Wright started getting more mixed in into this offense. Trubisky was able to find him a bit more. He had 37 receptions, 355 yards to end those last, those last eight weeks of the season. And I think in the slot is where he was definitely utilized at his best. And Trubisky was able to find him on key third downs, you know, in some games throughout the season. So I think this is the guy that the bears end up going with and keeping going into 2018. Yeah, I like Kendall Wright as well. I'm going to play him too. To, like you said, he's pretty much, he was the Bears leading receiver last year. He had 59 catches, 614 yards. Uh, it seemed like the, him and Trubisky had a decent connection between the two. And if you take that and you add in another year of OTAs training camp, those two could you know definitely enhance that chemistry between the two. So I'm all for continuity, especially for a young quarterback. Kendall Wright, I still think, if put into a good system, can be a very viable option at receiver. I mean, heck, he was a good option in Dow Loggins' offense, so I think that proves uh, what he can do under a new regime. Uh, definitely gets me excited. Uh, but what about you, Brandon? Are you passing or are you playing on Kendall Wright? I'm playing Kendall Wright. I mean, he was a security blanket for Trubisky for a very good chunk of the season because uh, I think kind of like everyone else, there were times where he wasn't playing. Uh, good hands. Uh, he's quick and efficient route runner. And again, with the continuity thing. Awesome. All right. So th speaking of continuity, let's talk about the guys up front. Let's move uh, over to Tom Compton. Ugh, pass or play? Brandon. <laughs> oh, man, I am so on the fence with Tom Compton. I mean, he was a good depth piece. Uh, I mean, the offensive line didn't skip a beat when he was out there. Um, but if he can be upgraded, then go ahead and make that upgrade. Um, so I guess I'm going to play him just to bring him back to camp, see where the competition stacks up. I guess that's the best way for me to answer that. Sure. I mean, I think that's definitely a fair point. Um, I might not fully agree with it, but it is a fair point. Um, Nick, yeah, I don't blame you. Nick, I want to know, are you going to pass or are you going to play on Tom Compton? I'm going to play Tom Compton because I don't know how many Bears players are going to go down on our offensive line, and we're going to need some depth, and he's already been here. It's going to be a new system entirely, but when, he, like Brandon said, when he was in there, the, the Bears didn't really lose. They didn't skip a beat like you said, but again, you want another player who's obviously better than Tom Compton. You don't want to see him being the starter week, week back to back weeks, but he is a depth piece. So I will bring him back. All right. I'm actually passing on Tom Compton. Um, I know what you guys are saying in terms of like the offense, uh, 
kind of being able to sustain what they were doing. But again, this was a 30th ranked offense. So for them not to skip a beat, does not really uh, mean much to me. But uh, Tom Compton, he's someone where uh, Brandon, you alluded to. I think we can upgrade it. I think there's guys either free agency or more of the draft that you can do better than Tom Compton, especially for the price. You know, brought him in on a one-year deal. I think we know what we're going to get from him. He was let go from Atlanta for a reason. And I think that uh, the Bears will let him go too. He's a journeyman. Let him keep journeying on. And uh <laughs> I'm okay with that myself, but I was going on to Benny Cunningham, you know, Chicago's second favorite Benny and Nick, I'm going to go to you first <laughs> as her play. I'm playing Benny Cunningham because he provides some much needed depth at the position in terms of being a pass catcher on third down, because he was out there a lot of times on third down because Jordan Howard wasn't able, he's not a very good pass catcher. He needs to still develop those skills. If you know, he definitely can, hopefully he can. Uh, also, he's a big key player on special teams. I have him jotted down as 229 special team snaps, which is 54%. So he's out, out. He may not be on the offense a lot. Third downs typically is where he's at, but he's definitely on special teams contributing there. So I like him in that aspect. He just, again, like I said, he adds that element on third down and he provides and plays on special teams. Yeah, exactly. A lot of value there with Benny Cunningham. Obviously, Brandon, if we do bring him back, uh, he's going to warrant a little bit more money than he did on this current deal. But uh, knowing all that and keeping it in mind, are you going to pass or are you going to play on Benny Cunningham? No, for that reason, I'm passing on him. I mean, I thought I think we all thought that he'd be a returner, especially in special teams. That's something they brought up was a special team snaps, but Tariq Cohen took that job and never never let go of it, even though I thought there were times that he might have. Uh, but Tariq Cohen held on to that, so I don't think that he adds value there as a returner. On other parts of special teams, sure, uh, but when he was also third down back, I also noticed that it felt like whenever he was in on third down, it felt like he was going to get the ball out of the backfield. Uh, as a receiver so that was almost kind of too predictable and if they want to develop this young guy into Quan Mazel uh, then dropping Benny Cunningham makes sense because I've heard there's some some untapped potential there with Mazel so that's this would be the time to do it all right uh, now you made a good point there but I, I'm still going to be playing Benny Cunningham uh, just for the fact that he's a viable receiving back and I don't think you can have too many of those especially in this new system that we're going to employ here in Chicago he did a 20 catches 240 yards two touchdowns was I thought fairly effective in his screen game um, I thought he does a decent job in his terms of his pass protection. That's kind of why we bring him in there to be that third down back. Um, but overall, I like the value, uh, like Nick mentioned, special teams. I think he's a very good special teamer. And the Bears are going to, of course, have a little bit of a turnover in that aspect. But I want to see, a little again, continuity. Um, I don't think we want to keep overhauling this roster year in, year out, the back end of it. So I think Bunny Cunningham coming back on another Friendly-ish deal. I mean, the Bears have plenty of cap space to bring him back, so I'm not really worried about the money in terms of Benny. But I'm going to play him primarily for special teams purposes. Um, but again, he's not a terrible option for the Bears to put in the backfield as well. In terms of the receiver, not don't look at him uh, rushing the ball all too often. But uh, another special teamer, or technically starting wide receiver, really weird when I say that, but uh, Josh Bellamy. Uh, interested in what you guys want to do with Josh. So I'm going to go ahead and go to Brandon first, faster play. I'm going to catch some slack for this, but I'm going to play him. I mean, he's really the only deep threat that the Bears have, apparently, quote-unquote. Aside from Tariq Cohen's 70-yard reception against the Panthers, Bellamy had the next longest reception with 46 yards. Uh, plus, he's a special teams player, and he always seems to find a way to stick around beating out Deontay Thompson and Trey McBride. I don't necessarily agree with playing him, but realistically, I somehow think that he still makes the team. Interesting. Nick looks very perplexed. Are you passing on Josh Bellamy? <laughs> I, I don't have anything there. All the other players I have passed or played, there's nothing at Josh Bellum because I'm thinking, <laughs> yes, he does provide, obviously he was our, a deep threat at receiver, which God, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> but I look at his special team snaps. We say he's a special team contributor, which he definitely is. 
But Benny Cunningham, like I mentioned earlier, had 54% on special teams. Bellamy, 24%. And obviously that's because now he has he's taken a bigger role playing wide receiver now. But I think you could just do better. You could do better. You can find a receiver more capable than Joshua Josh Bellamy, who has who can actually when a ball's coming his way, he'll you know he's gonna catch it. At least it's gonna be better than knowing that Bellamy's out there catching a ball. I think he was better he this year. He was better. Yeah, exactly. He, he was make better. Easy ones. <laughs> yeah. So he was better this year, but I'm gonna pass on Josh Bell. Okay. I'm intrigued by both of those arguments because personally I had pass slash play slash question mark slash special teams. <laughs> He's like a very time. intriguing guy when you look at like what kind of value he brings to this team. I think my final decision is it's not going to be uh, be able to be verbalized on the show. Um, it's going to be something that the Bears need to decide in terms of uh, you know the new coaching staff, uh, Ryan Pace as well. How Josh Bellamy, he's looked in at the locker room. Is he someone that the Bears can expend? Or is he maybe uh, a vocal guy that guys kind of get behind, rally around? If that's the case, then maybe you do bring him back at least to training camp, uh, see if you can beat out the new competition. But uh, I'm curious to see what kind of player he is in the locker room if the Bears, if that's someone. Because, I mean, I check Instagram sometimes. It seems like he's always having fun with different kind of positions. He's always hanging out with the DBs. He's all over the place. So if he's one of those guys who just makes it fun to be a Chicago Bear, then, okay, that might be worth another contract to bring him back here to Chicago. But, uh, yeah, you guys are right. He does make all the hard catches, but not so much the easy ones, which kind of goes back to concentration and a little bit of inconsistency. But, yeah, uh, I'll let the Bears make that decision. I'm happy I don't get paid to make that one. But, uh <laughs> Guys, we only have a few more left here. Uh, we have Bradley uh, Sowell, and uh, I mean, I'm passing uh, just for the fact that if I'm, not, if I'm not bringing Tom Compton back, I'm not bringing Bradley back either for the fact that we can do better. Uh, Brandon, I want you to go ahead since you're the trenches guy, pass or play. I'm passing. I think Jordan Morgan can take his spot after having a year develop. You only spent most of it on IR. I think that there's just overall some better options out there. All right, Nick, anything different? Same. Nope. Pass. All right. Cool. So the next up is a restricted free agent, which is a little bit different, but it's Cameron Meredith. I don't think anyone wants him to leave, so I don't think we need to go around the horn and say play, um, but I want to know, are you guys, how optimistic are you that he can return and be a factor? Because I think that's the bigger question than bringing him back or not. Nick? I think he's going to I think he's gonna be a huge factor in his offense, actually. I know he, he had his injuries, ACL tear, but this is an offense that there's a lot of players that can really they can develop and become better players than they once were. Meredith was doing good things in an offense that really wasn't very good. He had 66 receptions for 888 yards and four touchdowns. And this is when Alshon Jeffrey was kind of out at the time, but he was doing some great things and I'm writing an article on him, but I think he, in this offense, they'll bring him back. First of all, they'll bring him back and he will do some good things in this offense. I like it. I mean, that gets me excited. I really, I hope the best for Cameron Meredith because he's an exciting player with a great story and someone who I want to become a great player for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Do you have hope and are you optimistic that uh, Meredith can make a successful comeback? Oh, I absolutely have hope, and I'm I'm certainly optimistic about it because he was a he was a great guy to watch. The undrafted uh, wide receiver that used to play quarterback comes in and leads the Bears in receiving yards in 2016 uh, as a wide receiver, which is really cool, which is a really cool story. So I hope that he comes back, and I think that for the right price, I mean. He didn't play much last year, obviously, or at all for that matter. So I think he'll he'll come in at a lower price, which allows us to bring in other guys at the wide receiver position as well to work around Cam Meredith just in case he doesn't work out. All right. Very fair point there, Brandon. And finally, we have one final player to uh, do pass or play on. And I saved the most important one for last, and it's going to be Patrick O'Donnell, uh, the punter. And I, I mean, I say it slightly facetiously, but also slightly, it, it is an important position and one that uh, – 
I think the Bears are solidified there. If they can keep Patrick O'Donnell, he was ninth in the punt average, averaging about 47 yards per punt, which was the most that he's ever averaged in his tenure. But again, that could be due to the fact that he had much more longer fields to deal with instead of short you know, punts if the Bears are driving a little bit more, getting more yards. So it's one of those you have to kind of take with a grain of salt. But I think he's been viable. I don't think there's a reason to change this position. Of I Again, going back to the term of the day, continuity. I think he's someone who he was drafted here to be a Bear. Uh, there's no reason for him not to be one going forward. So I would bring Patrick O'Donnell back. I want to see more mega punt, but Nick, how about you? Are you going to bring him back? We're, We're bringing gonna... him back. We're bringing awesome. back mega punt. How about you B? Yeah. I mean, he's the best passer in the league. Exactly. 158. <laughs> passer rating. There we go. <laughs> Got to keep it just for the trick play potential. All right, guys, this is a bonus spot that we just kind of mentioned earlier today uh, while we we're prepping for this show. I want to go around the horn and maybe highlight a player that is, Still currently under contract, but uh, maybe someone who either is a surprise player to be cut or someone who you wouldn't be surprised to see cut. And uh, B, I'll go to you first. Uh, just to clarify the mistake I had earlier, I definitely would not be surprised at all if Mike Glennon gets cut. In fact, I'm totally anticipating it uh, because he didn't play very well. He gave us false hope after he almost beat the Falcons. So that's one that I definitely would not be surprised if he got cut. Uh, but my surprise cut. I I think it would have to be Hronis Grasso. I think he provides some, I mean, like you said, if he's out there, it's not necessarily an ideal situation, but he provides some depth. He's familiar. And it seemed like in 2015, when he was getting more playing time, the longer he was out there, the more he was getting used to it and the more, uh, the better he got. But when he's coming off the bench cold, I mean, it's just not a, an ideal situation for him of a guy of his size. All right, Nick, how about you? What's on your mind? So I'm either thinking for surprise cuts. I know I mentioned Deion Sims earlier and didn't have a great season, but that's a guy who, if this coaching staff's not impressed with what he's able to do and he's already got paid the majority of his money, definitely could be a guy that the Bears say, hey, we were going in another direction. We're going to bring maybe another veteran in like we were talking about a tight end or maybe some the younger guys step up. So that's a guy that I was thinking of. And also like the bigger one, um, which could be a possible option is Josh Sitton. He's going into his last year of his contract and he was injured towards the back half of the season. And the bears most likely would like to get younger on the inside. And Kyle Long's had his fair share of injuries. He's getting up there. He's going to start to get up there in age. And if he can't stay healthy, they're definitely going to look to get some young guys in at guard. But Josh Sitton's the guy right now where you think maybe if there's a better option, a younger option out there, they might go that route. Yeah, you could save a lot of money if you cut, uh, you know, Josh Sitton in terms of the caps. We could be a cap casualty. I have him there as well. Deion Sims made the list. I had Bobby Massey on my list as well for someone who could be surprised because um, I'd be surprised for a couple of reasons. One, I thought he had a decent year last season. Um, definitely was an improvement from his first one here in Chicago. Uh, second, uh, new Bears uh, offense coordinator, you know, uh, Mark Helfrich. He mentioned that both the tackles looked pretty good in the limited tape that he saw. So he thought the Bears were pretty solidified there. But again, I think if Ryan Pace finds someone who can be a better option and it fits the budget, I can see him making an upgrade there at tackle as well. And then finally, another one on my list, uh, besides Hernan Scarsu, by the way, Brandon, I had him too. But uh, Marcus Wheaton, uh, I don't know if this is a surprise or not. Uh, if he gets cut because, I mean, we saw what he did last year, but he is on a multi-year deal. And you have to wonder if there's some on, like, on tap potential there with Wheaton. He was injured in the early part of the season last year. Uh, didn't seem like he was ever put in his position to succeed here in Chicago. And I just keep going back to his final year in Pittsburgh. He did have 70-plus catches and was a very big part of that offense that season. But I just don't know what we have in Marcus Wheaton. I don't think the Bears do. But with the new system and Matt Nagy, I'm wondering if they can find a way to get Marcus Wheaton uh, kind of like revitalized a little bit. Am I crazy? Um, uh, 
A little bit. Yeah, okay. I'm done with Marcus Sweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done with Marcus Sweet. I did see in the chat, though, people are asking about Zach Miller, and we just don't know if he's – it's sad because – it would, he wouldn't be cut for production-wise. It's just we don't know if he's ever going to be able to play football again. And obviously, we wouldn't want to cut Zach. He's a great guy. And when he played, he was, a, he was a very productive player for the Bears. But that is another realistic option for the Bears. If they wanted to, they definitely could because you just don't know if Zach Miller's going to be able to play football again. Ooh, yeah. and fun fact about him, uh, he was on pace for 40 receptions this year, which would have been third on the team. There you go. I mean, yeah. and he should have cut. That was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. It was a touchdown, at least in our hearts. Um, but no, Zach Miller again. Uh, Nick, you you hit it on. Like, I would love to see Meg, uh, Matt Matt Miller. No, Zach Miller <laughs> out there in a Bears uniform again. I really, really would. I'm sure he would too. Uh, but this is something that is a little bit bigger than football. This is something that it's an injury that I just don't know if he. I think he can if he wanted to. But at this stage of his life, this stage of his career, if it's the kind of thing that he would want to go out there and do, because. It would take a lot of work just to even get kind of ready into football shape, especially with that leg. So we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, Zach Miller is someone who I think the Bears need to have a plan uh, to find a way to, you know, not replace him as a person. Great person. He's a very awesome person. But in terms of on the field production, the Bears definitely need to start looking at some other options. Unfortunately, trust me, I wish it was the other way around. But uh, but man, it's going to make me sad. So we need to move on and to some uh, lessons from playoff teams. This is where we're going to kind of look at some of the teams that make the playoffs and just kind of find some big, bigger general or even some specific lessons that we can take uh, that the Bears hopefully are noticing that they can implement in this franchise to find a way to get back to the playoffs sooner rather than later. And Nick, I know you had a lesson that you wrote about last week in regards to the defenses. So I want you to go ahead and begin by sharing that one. Oh, go with the defense. I had some other ones, but again, the teams that were in the NFC and AFC championship games, when you look at their defenses, top five defenses were playing in terms of points allowed. New England, I think, was number five. You had Philadelphia. The Vikings were number one, number two, uh, the Jags. So they were great teams there. And defense really, a lot of those teams had some good offenses. Don't get me wrong, but defenses. They definitely helped carry their teams to be in the position that they were at in those championship games. So the Bears, they had a number, they were number nine in defense in terms of points allowed. And if they get some more pieces on there, they have the continuity of Vic Fangio coming back in that three year deal. This could be a defense where you see where maybe it's that top five makes that next step. And maybe they don't need that super high scoring offense yet because their defense can kind of carry them. And that's what the bears are going to have to do in 2018. This is a new offense. The bears are going to be doing having, and with Trubisky being in year two, he's going to take steps in the right direction, but that defense is far ahead of where this offense is going to be next year. So this defense adds a few pieces. There can be top five and help you get, win some games that they were in last year, but they just couldn't because they didn't have enough playmakers Add a couple more. This could be a team to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. I think defense is huge. One of mine uh, in terms of defense is like lessons is you need to have a really good third down defense. Obviously, you know, getting off the field whenever you have a chance is key. It gives your offense more touches. It gives the unit a rest. Um, That way your defense doesn't get fatigued. Uh, Something we've seen here in Chicago uh, for the last few seasons. But uh, three of the four teams uh, during the championship week were in the top five on third down defense during the regular season. You had Minnesota who was first, Philadelphia was third, and Jacksonville was fourth. And the only exception was New England. But they made up for it because they scored the most points per game in the NFL. So I think if the Bears, uh, if they hope to be the team that scores the most points in the NFL, great. 
not going to happen. At least I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you do either. Uh, so to kind of combat that, the Bears need a hand. What does it mean to be locally owned and operated? For Cenex, it means everything. It means that we know if you take your coffee to go or if you like to stay a while. It means we've helped Little Leagues get jerseys and local festivals get funding. It means we know what our communities need. So you'll always leave Cenex with a full tank, full of snacks, or full of smiles. Or all of the above. And that means the world to us. Cenex, powered locally. Have a top five uh, third down defense. And fun fact, the Bears were ninth last year. So this isn't really totally out of the question, especially if they get a little bit more help from the offense. And Brandon, I'll go to you. Uh, What's the lesson that you had? Uh, well, since this is an offensive show, I'm going to stick with an offensive key. Uh, but I'm certainly glad that Nick got the share's point because I actually had that in my notes. The defense does win championships. Uh, so I'm glad Nick got to throw that point out there. Uh, but on offense, uh, don't let the defense be a factor. Take care of the ball. The Vikings prided themselves on not turning the ball over uh, throughout the whole regular season. And then they turned it over three times uh, last night against Philadelphia and they got skunked because those things are just huge momentum swings. And we've seen that it just totally took whatever Minnesota had and threw it away, whatever it was. And then also uh, in the game uh, prior to that, the week before when Saints in Minnesota played the the Minneapolis Miracle, uh, I mean, despite the Saints almost winning that game, they had two turnovers. So would the game have been different if they would have only had one or none? I mean, those are things we aren't going to know, but those are things to keep in mind that is just still very important to take care of the ball on offense. Wow. You know, I'll go for full-on defensive lessons, which I just wasted mine for next, uh, the say the franchise show when we do the defense, which is hilarious on my end. So way to go, Will. Dropping the <laughs> I have two last ones, though, that I think are Let's key. Go for it. I have some playoff teams. Too, but go ahead, you go first. So I got free agents are actually a very vital thing for making a team maybe that was like the Jaguars when you look at them. You see their free agent signings and what they will do this season. Barry Church, Calais Campbell, A.J. Boye. That really elevated the play of this defense. The Eagles signing Nick Foles, who's going to play in the Super Bowl. Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt. Then you have the Vikings as well. Case Keenum was a free agent signing. Latavius Murray. And then you have Riley Leaf on the offensive line. Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. And that fourth down play literally puts his hand up in the air, stops the Jaguars from moving the ball. The Patriots get the ball. They win the game. So Ryan Pace, he in the first year with getting Hicks and having some of those free agents, did well with Trevathan. But the la- this past season was awful. So to make to have that team take that next step, yes, you want to do it to the draft, but free agents are a key component, too, of making a team jump from maybe a mediocre to maybe great. Look at the Jaguars for that defense, ex- for example. So I think free agents, even though you don't want to make that the bulk of your team, they definitely help. Mm-hmm, no doubt about it. Do you have another one, or was that both? Uh, last one is just RPO. So what the uh, Eagles are able to do to the Vikings uh, in yesterday's game, they obliterated them. The Bears are going to be running that same type of offense. Uh, Doug Peterson comes from that Andy Reid coaching tree. So is Matt Nagy. So that's a key. That's that's kind of encouraging when you see that how they were able to just just dissect that defense. That defense was able to play as fast as it was, react to plays normally, and let their athleticism be able to make plays for them. They had to wait for Nick Foles to read out uh, whether it was a run, and then there was a passing lane right behind like a linebacker. So. It's encouraging to see that that type of offense can defeat the Vikings, and it did single handedly. And we play the obviously we play them twice a year, and we're going to be running that same exact offense next season. So that was encouraging. 
Yeah, no, that is encouraging, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so I have two more lessons that are kind of more offensive focus, which is good because that's more on point of what we're trying to get to today. <laughs> uh, my third one, or my third one, it's sort of my list, but uh, it's actually my second one I'm sharing here. Coaching matters. Uh, you need a coaching staff that brings smart game plans to the table. Uh, they have the ability to adapt as the game kind of goes along and be aggressive when the situation calls for it. You know, the good news is it seems like the Bears are actually, you know, building a staff that embodies those qualities. Uh, it's a complete 180 to last year's group of coaches, but the fact that we had Case Keenum and Nick Foles in the NFC Championship just kind of proves that with the right coaching, anything is possible. And another lesson I had from that actually carries over from a lesson I gave last year in the playoffs, but it still rings true, is that you need to have a three-headed monster in the passing game. It could be three wide receivers like the Jacksonville Jaguars with uh, Keelan Cole, Marquis Lee, and Alan Hearns. Or it could be two wide receivers in a tight end. You know, Minnesota has Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Philadelphia, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and the Patriots. You got Gronk, uh, Brandon Cooks, and Danny Amendola. You know, any way that you can kind of divide it, you need three viable options that can kind of like dominate the bulk of the receptions to kind of target. Um, and when you do so, it just really helps your offense kind of take the next step because you have three guys who are playmakers. And right now the Bears were looking for those three guys that can be playmakers. But I think you need to kind of look at that um, as another thing I, I want to mention too, is that you need to also have running backs who can make plays as a wide receiver. Uh, you can look at new England, James white. He had 56 catches for 429 yards this year. Uh, Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville, 36 catches for 302 yards. And then Minnesota you got Jarek McKinnon, 51 catches for over 400 yards. And the bears have that in Cohen as well. He had 53 catches about 353 yards. And that's with him not being properly utilized. So watch out when, uh, he kind of takes over in this new offense, but the bears, in terms of uh, offensive weapons, they need to find their big three. But I think in terms of finding a back who can make plays out of the backfield, uh, that's Tariq Cohen, and we're in good shape there. Brandon, any other lessons that you want to share from playoff teams? I thought I had a good one with the coaching thing, but you took it from me. Because I just think it's very <laughs> impressive that guys, uh, you know, they're bringing Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Case Keenum into these championship games. I mean, the Dragors were right in their defense for, I think, a good chunk, but they're still able to put points on the board. So that's just as important uh, as having talent on the field as the coaching thing and ultimately in that. AFC game, the, the better coach and the better quarterback pulled that one out. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of took my my steam. I just stole your thunder, huh? <laughs> yes. Sorry. All right, you can do it to next time. So uh, let me know in the chat. We can uh, switch it up so I don't do that again. But, uh, guys, this uh, is perfect segue. Let's go into our final segment of the show, and that's going to be answering some fan questions. And if you ever want your question to be addressed live on air, make sure to keep a lookout whenever we open up submissions via Twitter. Uh, so if you don't follow us there, this is a perfect opportunity to go ahead and do so. Also, we are highly considering bringing back our audio mailbag. So if that's something that you like to see kind of return to our program lineup, uh, just kind of let us know either in the comment section, email us, tweet us, Facebook us. We want to know if there's enough you know, interest to bring the audio mailbag back. And if there is, we'll definitely uh, make, it, make it have a comeback. So we're definitely open for that. But guys, looking at our questions, we have two that came from at Hulk2354 on Twitter. Uh, he says, can you see Shaheen? Uh, be like the Trubisky, kind of like the same thing between uh, Gronk is for Brady. Uh, he says you would like to see, you know, five rows, uh, throws in a row to Shaheen to win an important game. Me too. Um, and do we see any offensive linemen maybe in the 2018 draft uh, worth our pick at number eight? And B, I'm going to go ahead and let you go start this one off. Um, I think that Shaheen to Trubisky is not necessarily going to be the same thing as Gronk for Brady uh, because Gronk gets hurt more often. Uh, I mean, he took a very cheap shot to the head. Uh, so that one wasn't necessarily his fault, but he's, he's got an injury history. So I'd rather see, be, rather see Shaheen be Shaheen for Trubisky, not anybody else. 
any offensive lineman in the 2018 draft worth our pick at eight? I like Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. He's a guy that I really like, uh, as well as Quentin Nelson, the guy from Notre Dame who our uh, new offensive line coach, Harry Heistan, just came from. So I'm really looking forward to that one if he's still there at eight. Yeah, I have uh, you know, I have uh, Nelson as well. And for me, Trubisky to Shaheen in terms of comparing to, uh, you know, Brady and Gronk, I'll believe it when I see it. I think they both have a lot of potential, a lot of room to grow and develop, but uh, they have a lot of work to do if they ever want to be compared to that duo. And Nick, do you have anything different in terms of those uh, questions? Or you want another one? No, uh, I just uh, the Brady Gronk. I don't think that we should ever put that in Adam Shaheen and Trubisky and similar because that's the greatest quarterback of all time. And Gronk could go down as one of the best tight ends ever to play. And then we have two second year players. So let's give them time to develop. They are, they were roommates for training camp this year. And so they're going to build that chemistry and keep going. But uh, yeah, we'll hold off on that one. And then Nelson's the guy that I would draft at eight. If the bears decide to go that route with uh, their first round pick. Awesome. All right. So Nick, I'm going to go right back to you with the second question here. It comes from a couple of different listeners. They're kind of going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, they're all very excited to see who we're looking at in terms of the free agent market. And uh, it's Connor and I want to say Paul L., uh, do you have maybe three or four, maybe free agents uh, on offense that you're looking for on offense for kind of like, you know, eyeing as potential pieces to the puzzle? So uh, I know we were talking about this earlier before we went live. Uh, Trey Burton's a guy tight end from the Eagles that maybe we could bring in. We were looking at probably another tight end this season. And then you got to think the Bears are going to hit free or wide receiver hard in free agency, whether that's maybe Paul Richardson. Jarvis Landry's name is also out there. I don't know if I go that specific route, uh, Robinson. So there are guys out there that the Bears are going to target. But I think those are my three three guys that maybe I will look at, three, four guys. Uh, still, I haven't really looked into free agency yet. Once I really get into it, I can definitely give you a better answer. But those are some guys maybe that you can look at. But uh, yeah, still got to look into it, though. Yeah, you know, Trey Burton's a good one. Uh, our writer, Devontae Tidwell, he came out with his wish list of already have 10 free agents for the Bears. If you want to check it out, definitely head over to our website, check out our blog. It's uh, some really interesting stuff there. But he talked about Burton being a good fit. You know, he's kind of lost a little bit behind Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, so he doesn't have any eye-popping stats. But he's used to the system, very familiar to what the Bears are going to be running next season. And I, I like what he can bring to the table. Um, another one I have is uh, Marquise Lee from Jacksonville. He had over 110 catches in the last two years combined. Um, I also know Allen Robinson. Uh, Nick, you mentioned him. He's coming off an ACL tear, though. I don't know if we want to have two receivers coming back yeah. off of ACL tears. That might be putting uh, stretching it a little bit thin. And someone else who I have is a guard. It's Andrew Norwell from Carolina. He's one of the best guards in the entire league. Um, we have the money to go get him if he's available. We'll see if that uh, if he gets a contract or not there in Carolina. But if you were looking for a cheaper uh, not cheaper, a younger option to replace Josh Sitton. Uh, Norwell might just be that guy. Um, he can be someone who can uh, sit next to Cody White here for the next five, 10 years. So might be someone look, worth looking into if we don't want to get a guard via the draft. Uh, but Brandon, how about you? Any names that you want to go ahead and drop? Uh, Drew Brees, he's going to tell Trubisky, <laughs> sit down, watch how it's done. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you that's, had to plug in weird. your Purdue quarterback, didn't you? I did. I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, but the two serious ones are wide receiver. I think this is one that they're definitely going to hit hard, like you said, wide receiver. I had Marquise Lee as well, and I think Mike Wallace might be a guy. I know he's getting a little old, but he's still a quick guy uh, that they could potentially want to bring in. But to to replace Mike Glennon, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there in free agency this year. They're not all necessarily going to be Drew Brees's uh, because Drew Brees would not be a backup. But there there's some potential guys that could easily replace Mike Glennon at quarterback in free agency this year. 
Yeah, we'll see exactly how the Bears go around that. Like, there's some names that are intriguing, but also some ones that scared like the daylight out of me. Kind of like, like I saw down there, I was like an Austin Davis. I was like, oh boy, let's not go that <laughs> route. Um, but uh, the next question it comes from uh, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, a longtime listener and viewer. Um, he says, is it worth taking a look at Zach Miller for next year? Which we already kind of hit on mentioned. So. I like the optimism. Obviously, we just don't see that being possible. Uh, the, another question he got, it comes from Kyle, and it's about Tanner Gentry. Uh, do we uh, expect him to make the Bears' final 53? I mean, personally, probably not. I think the Bears, uh, they need to improve their wide receiver core um, like we expect, and if they do, there's not going to be any room. Not a bad thing, uh, just I think we can do better, but do you guys have a differing opinion here maybe in terms of Tanner? I don't think he makes the the 53. I think he makes the 63, makes that that practice squad again. I mean, he's just he's just still got some work to be done. He was able to shred up the, the preseason because he's better than those bottom of the depth chart guys, but he's not quite ready for the ones yet. I think he's still got a little work to do. Yeah, I think he'll be in the practice squad again. But it was Dow Loggins' offense. He didn't know who to play and when to play him. I don't think that Tanner Gentry is anything special, but we'll see what happens. He'll be on the practice squad for the majority of the season, I think. All right. Next one comes from our moderator, Tristan, and he wants to know. Oh, hey, sorry. Hey, Tristan. I should say hi, but uh, <laughs> thanks for moderating. Appreciate it, buddy. But uh, he wants to know, like, what offensive players are our locks for starting next year? And how does it feel to be recording our 200th, 200th episode? For me, I feel fantastic. Feels great. 200. I don't think I ever believed when I started the podcast I would do 200. I, I didn't even know if 20 was going to be a possibility. So to get to 200 is definitely exciting. But, uh, I'll let you, Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and let you speak on that and also go ahead and share some locks that you have. Oh uh, yeah. 200. It feels great. It feels like we're just getting started. I feel like there's a lot more in the tank for us still to go. Um, but offensive locks, uh, Trubisky, obviously Jordan Howard, obviously I think Charles Leno and Bobby master locks and Cody Whitehair as well, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the other two guards because we don't know how much longer the Kyle long has. And if Josh Sitton even makes the team as you guys potentially had him getting cut. So, Yep, cap casualty 101. <laughs> Save money when you can with those aging players. But uh, Nick, how about you? Do you have any locks and uh, thoughts on 200? Or sorry, 184? Yeah, 184. So 184 is not the milestone that 200 was, but I wish I had a lower <laughs> third for 184. But, you know, Google doesn't want to play nice. Uh, so locks, you have your quarterback, Trubisky, you have Jordan Howard. I think Adam Shaheen is now a lock, being a starting tight end. Then wide receiver, I really wouldn't say any of those guys are like definitive locks. Maybe Kendall, Wright, If he does end up coming back would be a lock. If he does, um, then you have your guys on the line, the two tackles and Cody Whitehair. but how long, I don't think he starts the beginning of the season again. I don't know. We'll see with injuries again with him. They bring back sin, but that's who I would say are locks. Not as much as you would like going into 2018 when you really think about it, because you want to have your offense set and ready to go, but there are still some pieces that need to be, address moving forward no kidding i did the same thing i saw this question from tristan like oh yeah locks easy and then i got to five and i stopped and i was like uh oh <laughs> that is <laughs> not <There's> good <laughs> all right i think we have uh, six more positions to fill but for me locks trubisky howard white hair leno jr that's it i think everyone else their job is not in jeopardy but it's in question uh depending on how the bears want to go uh this offseason but either it be you know offensive guard either be the other tackle spot. The only reason I have Leno Jr. up there is because of the contract he got last year. That's a given that Ryan Pace looks at him as a building block, a foundational piece uh, for this Bears offense. But other than that, it just gets real hairy real quick. And uh, hopefully we have some more pieces to the puzzle here within a couple of months that we can get excited about. But right now, I just have five out of the six. So uh, 
definitely some work yet to be done here on the offense. And the next question comes from Nisarg. I think that's how you pronounce Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. On Twitter, and it is, uh, how excited are you for the Bears 2018 season since we got the new staff and we know that it's just going to be improving from now? And on a scale to 1 to 10, uh, kind of rate our you know optimism, our excitement level right now. And he wanted to add that personally he's at a level nine right now. So uh, watch out. That's some high optimism, but I appreciate it. And uh, Nick, I'm going to go let you go since you're usually the most pessimistic pessimistic <laughs> of the bunch. So uh, where's your level of optimism slash excitement? I am. I feel optimistic going into this, but I always get disappointed at some point throughout the season, hitting a panic button after week two. But right now, seeing that we have a new coaching staff, this offense, what its potential could be, I'll give it. I'll give it like a seven. That's pretty optimistic for me. I would that say is. a seven. I give it. So I'm optimistic. We'll see what happens, though. All right, that's a seven for hashtag negative to Nick and <laughs> Brandon. I know you're the patient guy, so I can see you having a little bit of a low ball answer here as well. But I'm curious, where's your optimism slash excitement? Uh, I'll meet both these guys in the middle, Nick and Nice Surge uh, in the middle. I'll go eight uh, because it's football. Why would you not want to watch football, even if the Bears aren't doing that well? I love all the prep that we do throughout the week, and I love the post game show that we do. I'm just ready to see some football again. Playoff football's got me excited to see the Bears back on the field. Awesome. And I'll meet everyone in the middle. I'll do 8.5 uh, just because it <laughs> always comes back to the 85 Bears, which is always nice to find a way to make that work. But not, if I'm actually going to be honest at my nose, I put 10, 10, 10. So I was very excited uh, for this next upcoming season. I think there's just bring so much new hope into Hallis Hall. And personally, um, I felt like, you know, I'm growing older. I'm growing wiser since we started the show. John Fox, Ryan Pace era began. And I got very excited that we're going to turn a page. Um, but then quickly we realized that maybe John Fox wasn't what we really wanted. But now with Matt Nagy, I just feel like this is, you know, from a young fan's perspective, this is everything we want. We have a new vision in this team, a new vision in this franchise. And with a new quarterback who's now entering his second season, you know, it just feels like we're starting new, starting fresh with a lot of potential. And that's just super exciting. And I think in one of the, Honestly, I probably feel like we're at 2005, right? Like that's kind of like where we're revving up to right now. If you want to compare the last Super Bowl run, I just feel like we're a year or two before it and it's getting exciting. It really, really is for me. I'll say 8.5 for uh, all intents and purposes, but in my notes, I did put a 10 for anyone keeping score at home. And the final question comes from at Shysox underscore zero five on Twitter. Yes, for a record prediction for next year. And someone else, uh, Tiggy, I think that's how you pronounce that one as well. I love Twitter. You don't know how to pronounce anything. But uh, he asked if we are confident next season. So that's a little bit different than excitement and optimism. So, And I also told uh, at ShySox05, oh, World Series year. I get that one now. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, it just dawned on me. But uh, I did say I will go ahead and give a record prediction. But I needed to like denote that this is a way too early record prediction because we have no clue who's going to be on this roster and it's still only February, but I don't mind having a little bit of fun. So Brandon over to you record prediction, a way too early version. And how was your confidence level at? Uh, first of all, that is a great Twitter handle. He's got the right team there. Um, but the record prediction uh, way too early. I mean, we still have the same guys that went five and 11 
I'm going to say seven and nine because, I mean, we don't know who's coming on, who's leaving. I think this this coaching staff definitely adds a couple wins uh, to the team that we currently have, uh, but I need to see a little bit more to get us there to 500 and confident for next season. Um, just to put it back on that one to 10 scale. I'll put it, put it as a nine. I, th- I really think that the coaching staff, uh, they're just going to be a group that really meshes well together. It's going to take some time, I think, still work out some of those kinks. Uh, but I'm, I'm confident that next season is going to be one that we can like be a little more proud of. Yeah, that's the thing. Like confidence, a weird question because confidence to win a Super Bowl, not so high. Confidence to be better, yeah, that's definitely yes. uh, much, much improved compared <laughs> to a season ago. But uh, negative, Nick, you over there? Yeah, I'm looking at the opponents <laughs> they uh, they face next season. So we have the Los Angeles Rams, Seahawks. We got the Patriots, Jets. Win, 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 win. Uh, I don't know about all those, <laughs> but I'm gonna go. Hey, we play the Giants. That's a good sign. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with seven and nine, seven and nine, eight and eight. I think that's where they should be. Anything less than that, that's even if Trubisky does get better, it's all about winning. And I think they need to be, they need to add up, add some more wins on to this season. Even though it's a whole entire new coaching staff, we Bears fans have been win deprived for a while now. We want to see wins, so I think seven and nine, eight and eight would be respectable. You're moving forward in the right direction, so that's where I'd say that. And confident, I'm confident that Ryan Pace got the right coaching to develop these players to move forward in the right direction to bring winning football back to Chicago. I'd say you're confident. You put a lot of pressure on them already. I think that's what they need. I no, I think that's where they need to be at the end of the season. Anything other than that, I think I consider that to be a disappointing season again. Even if Trubisky does get a little better, they need to have seven, eight wins for me to be happy. I agree. I think that's a very fair assessment. I think we need to see progress. I understand it's a new coach, new system. Things will take time. But with the potential on this team, we felt like, especially over the last two years, as we've watched uh, the potential on this roster get elevated each and every offseason, we just felt so hindered and so held back. So we need to finally have a coach that doesn't do that. I believe we have that. So for that reason, I'm confident that we're going to see some growth. Um, we're going to hopefully see an immediate impact. With, uh, you know, the scale of the impact is yet to be seen. Um, but guys, when I met Levy Smith uh, back in 2006, um, I asked him, what's our record going to be, coach? And he told me 16 and 0. And you know what? They didn't finish 16 and 0, but I was never disappointed by that answer because it showed confidence. It showed that, you know, despite the fact they haven't even played a game, he expects to go out there and win each and every one. And you know what? They went in, they actually went to the Super Bowl that year. And now this is a way too early record prediction. So I'm going 16 to 0 because I can change it later and no one can fault me for it. So I'm channeling my inner Lovey Smith, my inner confidence. Uh, again, kind of what Nick did with putting a little bit of pressure on the team. I mean, they're not listening to us. And if they are, that's pretty cool. And if they're not, then I mean, <laughs> there's no pressure from what we put expectations on this team. But honestly, uh, 16 0 is not a viable uh, one. For me, I have nine and seven. Uh, I think that's a good one to start with. And after we find out who this team's going to be, uh, the direction that the roster is shaping up to be, I'll give you a more accurate projection. But I think nine to seven, if we finish nine to seven next season, maybe get a wild card, even though I haven't seen that happen in quite a few years. I think that'd be a very, very exciting season for a Bears fan, uh, especially looking at the past like five to 10 years. Nine and seven would just feel really good right now, which, you know, it's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Much better than three wins, five wins over and over again. But guys, we've been going on for over an hour, which makes sense. This is episode 200, so we needed to add a little extra content. But uh, any final thoughts before I wrap up here? Let's get another 200. Let's do it. I agree. 
I mean, that's a good good uh, goal to have, but I'm sure we'll get past 200. But everything's probably going to go on this season and all the transactions that are going to happen in the offseason draft. So it's going to be a fun time. It is. It really is. And I have a special announcement for anyone still listening, by the way. All right. So 200 episodes. I want to find something to do or that is fitting yet pretty cool. And so I'm going to go back to iTunes reviews, because as you know, it's something we ask for, something that helps us out so much. We're at 111, which is pretty phenomenal. I think at this time last year, we had less than 20. So to have 111 is awesome. I want to get to 200. We have 200 episodes. Why can't we have 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts and iTunes? And if we'd reach that, I'm going to give away a free jersey of your choice. Any Chicago Bears jersey, I will go ahead and buy it for you. Mail it to your house. Nick's saying what? I think Nick is jealous. I think Nick wants me to go ahead and buy him a jersey. Wow. You, have you reviewed the podcast yet? Because you are legally allowed to. But um, so this is the deal. Leave a review of us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you're calling it nowadays. Uh, leave your Twitter handle. Uh, I was going to say email address, but I really don't think you should put your email address out there for the public. So go ahead and put your Twitter handle up there. And at the end, even for people who did this in the past for Pro Football Focus giveaways, I'll include them. And I will do a uh, simulator, pick one random listener. Uh, to go ahead and get a free Chicago Bears jersey of the size and the player of their choice uh, because that's how much I appreciate you, your viewership, your listenership. It's the least I can do. And if you can help us get to 200, that's going to be our goal now for the start of the season. I'll keep mentioning this as we go through the offseason. But the least I can do is you know, give someone a free Bears jersey to go rock at Soldier Field uh, when the Bears come to town uh, in 2018. So I'm very, very excited uh, for this. Very excited for what we've done, everything that we have coming up in the future. You, the listener, are a huge part of that. So definitely, if you haven't yet, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave your Twitter handle. And if you've already done so and you don't have your Twitter handle email us. Let me know you've done it. Uh, show me your review and I'll definitely include you in this drawing as well because I just want to you know, make good for all the time you've given us. I want to find a way to give back to you. So thank you so much. So again, 200 podcast reviews. We'll give away a free jersey uh, all because we made it to 200 episodes. So thank you so much. But that, that's it for this episode now. I mean, that's pretty exciting stuff. I hope you're going on there reviewing the show as we speak. But up next is going to be the second part of our State of the Franchise series. We're going to do everything we just did again. But flip the focus and we're going to be on defense and then I'll find some offensive lessons to share with you because that's what I did. <laughs> I flipped the script a little bit today, but uh, seriously, thank you so much for 200 great episodes. Looking forward to 200 more, but until next time, bear down Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.